Hello. Oh, I know. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. What's going on? Everything and anything possible. <laughs> Where are you driving to? I'm driving right now. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm actually had to run a couple errands for a new office that I'm getting together, and uh, I have my little helper with me here, uh, and uh, yeah, and I just figured she wanted to be a part of the, the the TV show today. She's like, I want to be on TV today, Dad. So uh, I figured my daughter sold merch for Lisa Lowe before she can uh, she can join in with a chat with Matt, right, girl? She's like. So, how you doing, brother? Well, I'm good. How about yourself? Um, as good as it can be. I, um, it's a weird year. Very weird year. Yes, absolutely. But like, I've I've started to kind of embrace it a little bit. Um, and like, at first, I was kind of like, 2020 is not that good of a year, and kind of think like. 2020 is like probably, probably happened. I think like there is uh, so much conversation going on right now that deserves to be going on, and um, uh, yeah, like aside from the fact that there's you know what was a, a world is a, a worldwide pandemic with a, a virus that is unfortunately you know prematurely taking people away. That that's horrible. Um, but all in all, um, you know, I think everyone's going to come up stronger with this. Everyone has a lot of time to, like, you know, protest. <laughs> so it's awesome. It's sweet. I don't know. I'm into it. It's a cool year. How about you? How's it, how, yeah, how's it going for you? Uh, it, it's been good. It's been I, – I started this thing back at the beginning of April, and it's just I'm, – I'm now in almost mid-June, and I'm still doing it. So it's nice to – be able to work on something that I've always wanted to try and do something like this and then just work on some other passion projects I want to do. So I, I absolutely, uh, I'm happy that we have the time and I'm happy to see a lot of positive change that's happening in the world at the moment. Yeah. I, I tried to start trying to do some passion projects and stuff. Like I bought, um, like some journalism, like I, I'm a, a broadcast student graduate and I, and I was thinking, like, you know, it would be fun, like, to put together, like, a podcast. And, like, so I bought some, like, fancy recording stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I went through and, you know, bought, like, an old mini DV camera. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to maybe make some, like, weird, like, videos and stuff while I'm, you know, off. And then all I did was just really set up a new office and cancel, like, 60 shows that I booked. So, you know, so I... Like, yeah, so I, I just kind of worked, and, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. And then being a father, um, it, you know, especially now during this, like, pandemic, it is super weird to have to, you know, explain to kids, like, why you're home all the time now and why you're a willow. Oh, sorry, one second. Yeah, My daughter has to use the washroom. We're going to be at the uh, office in two minutes. Okay, girl? High fives? What kind of office? You know what kind of office? What is that? What does that do? I don't know what the hell you do. <laughs> she's like, she's like, she, actually. Uh, so like, my my daughter's four, and like, she's like super, really, really, really into music. It's a, it's amazing. Uh, I I set up a show here. Like, uh, actually, I don't know if you can see the background, but you're getting the grand tour of Tilsonburg, Ontario, right now. Um, this is where I, I guess I started, uh, my rock and rolling, um, with the, the label and such. Um, I was in like a really shitty punk rock band from like a neighboring town. And we had friends that were from Tilsonburg, Like this is like, like 15 years ago, like when I was still in, like just out of high school. And we, uh, we used to like rent like any hall we could get, like the basement of a soccer club or the curling club and then one thing would happen and you know uh we couldn't run there again and then um you know one more minute willow you see where we are we're just about there and, and uh so we um i love being a dad it's so much fun <laughs> it's like uh you know but yeah so uh 
the so yeah, this is the town where we started all, all the rock and roll, uh, and where kind of the record label started. I, I was just a kid setting up shows here, not really knowing what I was doing. Kind of, you know, rent a hall, book some bands, charge five bucks at the door, and then split it between everyone. And then, like, I was even paying myself at the shows because. Like, I, I didn't, I was having fun. Like, I didn't know that being a promoter was actually a job at that point. Um, and I would, you know, see what, there. I used to go to shows at like, the Knights of Columbus Hall in Simcoe, so I kind of saw their formula. Actually, one of the, uh, your guests that you had on recently, uh, Brandon Eady from London, um, you know, Summer Camp Productions. Uh, London is pretty much in, uh, the closest uh, neighboring city to Tilsonburg. And, um uh, you know, I grew up going to, you know, he's a few years older than me. And like, uh, you know, I, I grew up going to shows, uh, you know, the embassy hotel and, uh, the whippet lounge and like all these, like, you know, the salt lounge places like that. So I've, uh, you know, kind of based a, a model, you know, e even off of the way Brandon has uh, treated and uh, respected artists over the years and kind of, uh, the scene that he's kind of built in London, um, you know, like obviously being a concert promoter isn't like an original thing. And like, it's not like, oh, this is a brand new idea. But, you know, you have to kind of see what other people are doing and kind of, you know, uh, when I first started, I'm sure that I wasn't the best. Actually, I, I can even remember me and Brandon probably butted heads on a few different things uh, in the early days. I, I hope he likes me now. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, there's just like things that you learn over the years. And, uh, you know, a lot of it's gathered from watching what your peers are doing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Tilsonburg's where it started. Um, so, so, so obviously so that's kind of like the starting. And then, so over the years, what's blacktop turned into now? Like, cause I, I know there's a lot of moving parts involved with it. It's yeah. It started with like, like, I guess I started like setting up shows and then I, um, a band had an album recorded and it was kind of like, we don't know what to do with this. And I'm like, well, let's start a record label. How do you start a record label? I, I don't know. You just do it. We are one more block away, girl. And then, so we, uh, it's right up there. You see the building? And then, so it started off with, um, um, you know, feeding the 500 brown paper lunch bags through a computer printer and, you know, just booking a CD release show. And then, kind of fallen in love with the process and then just over the years um i i kind of i i just the look when you a band or artist especially a friend creates something that you know means so much to them uh and they poured their heart and soul into and then you know you get to have a little small part in making it come out in the world um some especially some of my friends like even in the label in the early days some of the records we put out um you know, we're, we're friends of ours, like friends I went to high school with or, you know, friends from a neighboring town and, you know, stuff that, you know, I still, you know, we pressed like a, a thousand CDs. And I still have like 800 in a cupboard somewhere. Um, but, you know, they're my friends and that's how it started was uh, me wanting to, uh, you know, just uh, just help and, and uh, be a part of that. So that's kind of where it all started was just that love just the whole start to finish process of having a friend in a studio, uh, releasing a record and, um, you know, the look on their face when they're, especially when it's the first time they ever put out a CD or a vinyl and they're holding like, you know, a CD in their hand for the first time. And, you know, you, they, they're like, this is it. Like this is the, the product that, that we, you know, wanted. And it's, yeah. So I just got that. that was Part of that. So, uh, and then, uh, woo, there we go. Up the so, uh, yeah. So, actually, this is where I set up shows. It's a venue right now called Sammy Crenshaw's mm -hmm. uh, here in Tilsonburg. I don't know if it's backwards. It looks backwards for me. I, uh, but uh, this is the place I it has promote at. And I just a week ago rented a, a space upstairs that we're. Super renovating to um, use as like a green room and office and whatever, where I can sleep here when I don't want to be at my house. Okay, well, uh, Washington's right on the right. Okay, so so, how, so I'm I'm curious for like everything you're involved with, so the art the artist management kind of promotion side of things as well. 
how has the pandemic affected like blacktop as a whole overall like the different sectors of it well yeah so a lot kind of it, it made me go back to my roots i guess because i was putting out cds and vinyl for bands and then over the years as i mentioned i kind of got bored of having uh um you're okay in here willow okay um over the years i had uh you know kind of switched even even blacktop records i was kind of like i'm gonna switch it to blacktop and like kind of start like booking bands and booking tours so i started kind of a tour agency and like started doing some artist management and maybe doing a niche like 100 run cassette tape uh run of stuff and then um that was so i i changed the you know what i was doing and kind of you know started focusing on that and that's how the pandemic has really affected me is the fact that um i can't tour bands anymore <laughs> or, or as of now so i sat there kind of for that first week going through all those stages of grief where i'm like no this ain't real like we'll be back open in a week and then kind of you know angry sad mad I guess Matt is angry. <laughs> so I got, I got really angry. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. But like, so yeah, there was just all that, all those stages of grief kind of came in the acceptance where I'm like, yeah, uh, I didn't embrace that term, the new normal. I think that's a, a, a shitty term. Um, for some reason, I don't like that. I, I don't think like things were ever normal before in the music industry. So like, uh, the, you know, there, so like, I, you know, like anything can happen always. Like I, I always knew getting into this, that like, you know, a show could cancel for some reason beyond my control or a van could break down or a ba I could put out a record by a band and they could break up or um, not even that, like the music industry, you know, even over the years, like I, I watched, um, I didn't get into it myself when there was a lot of money in it, but I remember watching in the nineties, like being a kid seeing, how much money was thrown around for all these bands and how many of them got screwed over by all these major labels. And just, there was a lot of money. It was a big money making machine for a lot of people. And, uh, um, so yeah, so it was just interesting to, uh, um, to kind of, that's what I guess I did is just kind of go back to my roots and just, uh, since we can't tour bands right now. Um, and so I've started doing some vinyl reissues, some cassette tape runs, um, I just signed a band uh, called the Lexicon Cure that are amazing, and uh, they have a, a full length out. And we're gonna do we're gonna remix it and kind of change around the order and kind of do a proper. There was never a physical release, so we're gonna do that. And um, yeah, so I'm just kind of, I, I guess, going back to my roots and putting some records out again. And, and the funny thing is, is that people are at home, and that's kind of how I guess I started doing it was everyone's at home right now and like you know people can't go to concerts so what do you do you just sit online and buy records i guess uh that's what i've been doing i've been buying a shitload of records right now um so i noticed there was a spike in online sales which made me think that now might be a time to put out some records and especially now too there's a lot of worthy you know causes going around um you know even even like I'd say for the last 15 years, Blacktop Records has always donated money to different sources of support for, you know, marginalized communities and stuff like that. Like the half owner of my record label, uh, Nathan is black. And over the years we've had various conversations on how we can make our scene a better place and a safer place and stuff like that. So um, it's neat to be able to have this time and, and, you know, see especially now that you know the pandemic has changed into another i, I think a real pandemic that people racism is a pandemic that's been around for years that people have should be talking about more often so i'm glad the conversation is starting to be directed that way um and it's it's yeah it's crazy but it's it's cool to see that now with you know, with all this going on too, uh, and there's a little bit more money and a lot of more people are kind of into the idea of supporting, supporting these groups too. So now we are able to donate more money to and stuff. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's a neat time to be alive. <laughs> no, I agree a hundred percent. 
Uh, on a more like digital strategy kind of release with your records and stuff like that, have you guys re-strategize how you're going to be releasing these new records because of the pandemic or is it kind of just you're going to follow suit the same strategies yeah like it's a little bit different because like i'd be like like you know either the, the bands like a lot of the bands i work with like where i was releasing records let's say like um i'm trying to think of someone who would be really affected by this like uh Let's say let's say even take let's take Weedus for example. Like they had an anniversary tour booked for their their first uh, album that had Teenage Dirtbag on it, one that I didn't get to put out. Sony got that one. <laughs> I think I was <laughs> a little kid when that came out. But uh, anyways, the uh, the um, uh, you know for for a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, if they have a you know they, they were doing a big. Uh, anniversary reissue package and now it's like you know it was all planned uh overseas tours stuff like that and now you know it's like cool you know now we'll do it for the 21st uh you know, or you know the 21st anniversary instead of the 20th anniversary like fun so it's just you know like whatever like it's like it's not a big thing like it's just like everyone everyone's in the same boat like you know like music festivals that are like you know let's take there's like I don't know who, what festivals offhand are celebrating anniversaries, like 10th or 20th anniversaries, but even my label, like this is our 15th anniversary this year. And I was going to, I convinced a, a band on our label that um, hasn't played shows forever and that people would kind of be pretty stoked about seeing. And I convinced them to reunite for a show in October, which now probably won't happen. They haven't been able to get together to jam. And now it's like July, or June, just about July now. So it's like, um, yeah. So there, there's at, for going forward. Um, every, I guess every release kind of has its own little strategy on how to to push it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, touring is going to be weird because like now everyone's going to be worried. Like, hey, are we going to book this big tour? Have this album come out? And then is there going to be a second wave of this virus? Is there going to be you know, but once again, as I always stated, there, there, there's, you know, the music industry is unstable. You could have this big record release, you know, planned, and then, you know, something, something else, an, another factor could jump in that could change everything. So, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it hasn't really changed much. I guess it's just, I guess, made me, um, I guess, think a little bit. Sorry. I need caffeine, man. <laughs> like it's made me. It's kind of made me. Uh, uh, it's just kind of. I guess will make me kind of plan things out. I guess a little bit more, maybe, and try to think if there's other ways to promote instead of live concerts. Um, you know, you know. I've always tried to do neat and weird things when we've promoted records, anyways. Like, you know, stencils and using vandalism to spray paint in tag buildings and like, that was years ago but you know what i mean like just the things like little fun little uh you know contests online digital stuff you know uh we've done like scavenger hunts and like you know fun things like that when we've done releases so i'm sure that it'll, it will just make us you know think that hey are there other things that we could potentially do to get people intrigued in this record listening to this record wanting to pre-order this record Right now, I'm just my thing. I'm I'm going through and I'm I'm trying to reissue a bunch of stuff that has never been released on vinyl before. Um, right there, because a lot of the times you don't even have to have uh, a tour and schedule or or anything lined up because, like, depending on the band and their fan base. Um, like for example, our next release that that's coming out is a uh, old Trustical Records band called Open Hand, and uh, we're doing the tenth anniversary reissue. Uh, of an album called Honey that they did, and there was like really no plans to like tour it or anything like that. The band, you know, surprised You know, they they were playing Furnace Fest coming up, and they had like uh, I think they had some shows with Helmet coming up and stuff like that, and like just uh, you know random you know random one off dates kind of you know where they're from and stuff. But there was no tour schedule planned for that because the fan base was already there. We we throw the pre order up like. I think there's maybe like 20 or 30 left right now. Um, so there's, you know, my, I guess, so maybe going forward, I guess, maybe try to find more releases like that. Fun, fun reissues that have never been on vinyl where you don't even have to worry if there's going to be a tour schedule. 
Um, uh, but as a friend, actually, the singer Mercy Playground told me it's a, it's like legalized. The music industry is legalized gambling. So like, I don't know. Do I want to like start being like, hey, you know, this, you know, buy the rights for this record and like put out like a blues traveler LP that's never been out before and have people still, you know, two people buy it, you know. I I don't know why I use them for example, but yeah, but I get the it. Cafe. No, I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. so there, there's like you know, I, there, there's bands where I, I myself like, you know, there's I, I grew up in the like loving '90s bands and stuff like that. So there's a few bands I could think of where I would totally, you know, if I saw a reissue sitting there, I'd be like, oh, cool, like, you know, this like weird obscure. 90s band that probably me and only 10 of my friends like um you know let's let's uh let's reissue that vinyl like i don't know so like because that's me i would do something like that and then like sit there like you know a couple thousand dollars in debt and or not debt but you know what i mean down down and be like oh shit like maybe i shouldn't put that out so yeah. i'm curious i'm curious because like i i not i'm not too familiar with tilsenberg so i'm kind of curious how like the scene is in Tilsonburg, like what it was before all this, and then what you kind of think the live side, especially in Tilsonburg, is going to look like after all this shit is said and done. Uh, it's hard to say. Like, it's such a weird, like, I don't know, man. Like, Tilsonburg is such a weird town to begin with that I think that. Hold on one second. I feel like my daughter fell in the toilet or something. I forgot. Hey, Willow, are you alive in there? Oh, give me one second, brother. Yeah, no worries. Are you good? Uh, also, everybody, welcome to episode 33 of A Chat with Matt. I didn't really do an intro. We kind of just went into it. But, uh, yeah, I'm joined by uh, Ben Andrus of uh, Blacktop, Blacktop Records, and it, the episode's almost yeah. done. But, hey, we're having a good chat overall, and he's just going to be a dad right now. So uh, thanks uh, thanks for checking out the episode. <laughs> we're going to do a bit more chat, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up in a few. So, uh, yeah, I got another couple shows next week. But, uh, yep. All right. There we go. All good. So yeah, that's that's one thing. I guess if anything's kind of like I wouldn't say set me back more in the music industry, but it's I I thought when it was going to happen was going to be I had to find out that when I had kids that it was going to really set things back a bunch. Oh, this is Willow, and uh, that was kind of when it first happened. I I found out and I had like a, I sat there maybe for like maybe a good ten minutes being like, am I going to tour anymore? Like, am I going to be able to like set up shows like how is this going to affect things and uh willow's like you know i I've, i set up a show for steve from the constantines recently and she's like this is my show i'm promoting this show i'm setting up the show and like it's so cool like she's like you know they're helping run the door uh daddy's gonna put new batteries in that and then you can play with it um you want to get you want your tablet up maybe are you just look look around just you haven't been here yet um so uh yeah so it was kind of yeah i don't what did we, we talk about before i lost my daughter in the washroom <laughs> just about the tilsenberg scene and what it was like oh yeah the tilsenberg scene. After. yeah so like it's 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 a niche it's a weird scene so it's like a town so it's like it's not a city it's a town so it's kind of like it's one of those places where something happens even if it's not that like big people are like oh shit you know this is happening in town tonight like little old Tilsonburg. So like a lot of people come out and get stoked about it. Like here's the, I don't know if you could tell, like here's like the downtown, downtown strip, like just like, you know, just like, you know, all these stores are all shut down. Like there's a, a, a and not because of COVID either. Like there's a, a Tilsonburg memorials uh, across the street. Uh, uh, there's a haircut place that just shut down. There actually used to be a sex shop across the street. That sex shut down too. I guess no one in, in Tilsonburg does dildos anymore but uh so but no it's it's a um no it's it's a weird town like the the venue that i set up at is 250 cap um there's like other like when i was a kid like it, it used to be crazy er but and everyone could say that about their own scene and be like yeah you know back in the day it used to be like really 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 crazy yeah do you, you want here you can have one of these don't tell your mom Okay, tell your mom. Yeah, yeah. There's no spiders in there. 
I used to I used to tell my kid there were spiders in gum, so she wouldn't eat gum. And now she's like, every time she has a piece of gum, she has to be like, "Is there spiders in there?" I mean, hey, smart kid, cover your bases. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. She's pretty. Yeah, she's pretty good. She's pretty clever. So. Uh, but yeah, no, it's um, so like it's a weird, weird. I don't know. It's a weird town, man. Like the people here are like super weird. Like you can even look at my like Facebook wall and stuff like that. Like I've made like a few posts and stuff like that recently about just like kind of like some general stuff that's been like, like even like, like, like I said, I'm not like, you know, everyone knows me to be like, not like a super political person, but I'm definitely very outspoken. And if there's something that like our scene, like I want our scene to be like a safe scene and stuff like that. Like if there's abusers in the scene, like they get outed and they're gone. Um, I feel the same way about, you know, racists and stuff like that and other you know, people who, like, like I said, there, there's there's so much intolerance and and stuff. And Hilsenberg is the perfect example of that. It's such this weird town where it's you know there's not much culture. It's very southern and tucked you know right near the lake. Um, you know, I think even in my high school, like when I grew up, I think we had you know one or two. Like everyone was white. Like every single person around here was white, and the only people who weren't would be like the offshore workers that would come down and work seasonal and stuff. So there wasn't like much culture in this town. So it's like it's a, such a weird town, and it's kind of uncomfortable to be in. But at the same time, it's nice to start bringing in, you know, different artists, like you know, black artists, queer artists, uh, women artists, like even women, like people in this town are even like, oh, a woman can play music, like. It, and and I know that's like everywhere in the world, but you especially like find it more in like small towns, like it's 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 really kind of disgusting actually. So, so yeah, I like setting up shows in Tilsonburg for the, the fact that it's people come out cause it's nothing to do. And then, you know, you, you're able to maybe potentially bring an artist here who might open up someone's mind. Um, cause I have, you know, seen people who have kind of, that I know personally have kind of been closed minded and have had some pretty fucked up thoughts and uh, on on society and and uh, i've seen them have discussion with touring artists from different parts of the world coming through and stuff like that and you know have them be like you know what yeah you're right like the way i've been thinking has actually kind of been pretty shitty so it's neat to see like that doesn't happen all the time but uh, that's why i like being in a small town like this because you get to see conversations happen more um a lot of the people in this town don't get to see that type of stuff um you know uh the I guess Tilsonberg's claim to fame is Stomp and Tom wrote a song about Tilsonberg uh, called Tilsonberg um, about the, the tobacco fields and stuff and uh, working here when he was younger. Um, so not much people know about Tilsonberg except for like you know the tobacco fields I guess. But you know we've been doing six shows here for years. Like it's neat when you see like you know a touring poster of like you know someone like, like huge, like, like we even like we had like La Coca Nostra, which is like, you know, pretty big rap group that Everlast was in like DJ lethal from house of pain or not. Uh, Danny boy, sorry. Danny boy from house of pain was in the group, uh, slain ill bill. Um, you know, so it was neat to have some like uh, this rap show, you know, in Tilsonburg and, and, uh, you know, have like, you know, 200 people actually come out and like kind of, you know, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Willow. Um, are we going to live here? No, we're not going to live here. This is Daddy's office. I would love to live here, though. <laughs> Why, do you want to live here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not here. There's, like, so many renos going on. Like, it looks like someone's, like, it looks like someone's like pissed all over the ceiling tiles and stuff. Like, we're, we're still, like, it's actually attached, so to kind of give, like, a cool idea. Oh, this is my friend. This is uh, Dalton. He, he runs a clothing uh, uh, company. Right. And uh, he he uh, runs the other uh, office place in here. So we've just kind of, yeah, and it's attached to, which is sick. And I'll get back into the, the local shows a little bit more. But just like, so like this hallway here and this door here just attaches to the bowling alley upstairs at the venue I set up shows at. And then there's like, this weird basement that goes to the basement. It's like kind of like this weird little maze. You can get up to this place various different ways. So we are just kind of turning it into a green room and office right now. So 
I'd like to live here because there's always going to be really good ketchup here and like other awesome condiments, but I'm not going to be living here. <laughs> Sorry, Willow. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to live here. So, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a neat town because uh, most people, you know, they'll have to travel to uh, even London or Toronto, like London, even some shows in London, you, you go to a show in London, depending on what venue you're at, like Centennial Hall, Budweiser, like you're paying, you know, eight to $12 beers all night. You're paying for parking. Um, you know, the concert uh, ticket price is even a little bit more sometimes depending on, on the show, especially big venues like that, you know, more staff there. Uh, so depending on the tour, sometimes we can snag some of those big names like that in Tilsonburg, like we've had, you know, Sloan, 5440, Tea Party, Stephen Page, I think, was one of the last shows before the, the pandemic, uh, Crash Test Dummies, uh, some comedy stuff like, you know, Kenny versus Spenny, Randy and Leahy, you know, stuff like that. And uh, it's, um, I don't even know what I was rambling on about. I rambled too much. But yeah, so the, the sh you know, people are, you know, have to go, you know, pay a bigger ticket. So it's, it's neat here where you can pay, you know, the same ticket price or even sometimes depending on the show, like five or 10 bucks less. And then, you know, buy $4 beers all night. You get free parking. You're in a more intimate venue. You're watching this huge band with 250 people instead of being at, you know, a bigger hall with like, you know, 500 to a thousand or so people. So depending on the show and the tour, sometimes we get really, you know, lucky and can snag, you know, a band and, you know, that would normally not be playing in Tilsonburg. So, and then just over the years to run the label and uh, booking tours and for other bands and just me being, I guess not a piece of shit over the years. I've made enough contacts that like, you know, I'm able to pull off having, Lisa Loeb play, you know, in Tilsonburg or like Marcy Playground play here or Weedis play here or stuff like that. So it's kind of neat to, you know, these bands that people are like, holy, like, the, why is this happening in Tilsonburg? So it's kind of neat. It's trying to put it in the map. And like, once again, trying to bring a little bit of culture to the town because a lot of these people, even if it's just like, a you know, a band of all white dudes, like even still a lot of them have toured the world. I've seen a lot of different places and, you know, are able to spread messages that maybe a lot of people here don't get the chance to see. And I'm not saying that's like the sole reason I set up shows, but I, you know, I've always kind of been my mission statement when I started the record label is, um, you know, you can even use Wayback Machine and probably find, you know, a bunch of shit on the old website. It's, you know, we were, I didn't even like to call it a music scene. I was calling it a community. Like we were building a community and that's kind of, I don't know, kind of the, the, the vibes that I've always been going with and the vibes that I still want to continue with. No, absolutely. So, uh, Ben, I, we're actually going to start wrapping this up later. i got a couple more uh, quick questions for you. So what are you going to get to uh, for the rest of this kind of quarantine slash weird time we're in? Um, just those reissues. We were doing um, this band Open Hand. We just got the rights for uh, two albums that came out. Uh, one was called The Dream and one was called You, you and Me. Uh, they've never been released on vinyl, and people are losing their shit that they're finally coming out on vinyl. Um, the original artwork was a, this sweet, like, super die-cut thing, and I found, like, super low-res art. So I did this, like, uh, emailed this guy and found this guy and, like, found someone on disc. I don't know. I did this whole, like, create. I should have been, like, a private investigator, but I ended up getting the Dropbox link sent to me two weeks ago with the original source artwork from 18 years ago with all like the original fonts and everything. I'm like, so like I, I got, so we're, we're doing like a couple very sleek, nice reissues uh, of two albums that have never been on vinyl. And then open hand also um, has a new album that people have been waiting 10 years for called weirdo. And it's actually it ended up being a six uh, it's going to be a six album set uh, spread out over a six month span with a new record coming out once a month. So there's like over a hundred songs. Um, Gil Sharon from Dillinger Escape Plan plays drums on it. Uh, the saxophonist from like Pink Floyd and like Super Tramp is on it. Sebastian Box on it. It's going to be, a, it, it's a, it, it's a key record, man. Uh, from what I've heard, I haven't heard all of it, but it, it is, I'm, I'm stoked to be a part of it. And then, yeah, the Lexington Cure, just trying to figure out that physical release. 
I guess now that I have the office here and I'm above the venue, I set up shows. Um, I'm going to be working a little more closely with the venue owner and trying to, you know, try to find new, unique ideas to make, you know, fun shows happen here. I don't know, like, like I said, how the phases of phase three or four and all this stuff are supposed to open. And I've been kind of reading and then you read one thing and then it changes and, I have no, no one knows what's really going on. So I, I feel like I'm going to way, I'm going to let someone else set up a show first, I think, <laughs> and kind of, kind of let someone else do it. And then, you know, see how it goes and, and then kind of start maybe planning, maybe hopefully I like, cause I want to book shows, but I also hate doing work and then undoing all that work. So I kind of feel like I'm just going to wait, you know, we're doing renos at the, at the venue too. Um, some sound system changes. And so there's, there's, you know, we've had all this time, you know, I've been renovating an office here for the past month or so, and there's probably still a few more months of work or more to do. Um, so, yeah, that, those are my plans, uh, I, I guess, for the rest of the pandemic. No more live streams. <laughs> SoCan isn't paying enough for them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There, there's a, I don't know, I, the live streams, I was, those were, uh, those were like kind of fun at first for a bit, and then it was kind of overdone a lot and then even trying to like coordinate some people like I, you know i had some people do takeovers of the the record label like past and present artists and like you know just having someone you know some of them be like oh oh shoot like i forgot to do it or like oh i uh you know i couldn't figure out how to click them in so i just did the live stream for my page and then no one knew about it you know or you know things like that where it's just like okay cool like i see that this isn't fun and gonna work out so i'm just gonna you know, so the lot, and not even that, like, even on the revenue side, like, you, you're sitting in your bedroom playing a song for an hour. You don't get the, firstly, as an artist, I tried, I did, I played in a, a shitty punk band myself, and I tried to do the live stream. I did, like, a, a takeover of a capo company's uh, website that endorses me in the UK. And uh, we, uh, we did a live stream there, and it was just weird. Just, I got really sweaty. I was, like, more sweaty than I would be on stage because I was just like, in this tiny room and, like, you know, it was awkward. And I was checking my phone every once in a while to, like, see what comments. And it just felt like it was not a show. The stage banter was off. The the, the room banter was off or whatever you want to call it. Screen banter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know these days. I'm over the live streams. Um, and then even the with the donations and stuff, like, there, it was hard to try to find – ways to capitalize revenue for bands because like you know we had um the singer of the killjoys uh, mike treblecock was booked for a show here in tilsonburg so on the same day he was booked for a show in tilsonburg we did a live stream takeover um and you know he would have probably made you know a, a good few hundred bucks that night on a sold out show and you know here he is doing a live stream with just as many people watching the live stream and then you know he leaves with like you know maybe $40 in donations. So it's kind of weird to kind of, and I know it. it's not all about the money, but it, it kind of is when it's the only thing you do. So, you know, if you're an artist and you know, you, you this is all, you know, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to work in a factory or like, you know, work at a sawmill or, you know, grocery store or anything like that. I don't know how to do that stuff. I don't know how to like, I know how to go to rock and roll shows. So I feel you. I feel you. Uh, ben, I'm curious. Who are three acts that people should check out? Like not on my label, but just in general. I mean, you can promote your label acts as well. I, I get. I kind of just want to decide <laughs> it's just how like they want to do bands it. that people can check out. That I okay. I'll do both. I'll do uh, okay. Let's say, okay. I'll, I'll do ones that aren't on my label first. Um, it, it, they're bigger, and, and if people haven't heard them, I, I just kind of got into them a year or so ago. But the Hold Steady. And Craig Finn, if anyone out there isn't listening to Craig Finn and the whole study and the songs that he's writing, uh, some of the most important uh, storytelling, I think, in song or in songs right now. And uh, their new album's amazing. Um, a band called Elvis DePresley. Uh, I played a show with them a bunch of years ago in St. Catharines. Uh, they just dropped, I think they're on uh, Run For Cover Records or something like that. They just dropped a new record and it is... Um, their singer Matt just went through a recovery process, and the the new album it reflects a lot of that. And uh, it, it's it's just a beautiful record, like it's it's soul touching. And then uh, a band from uh, Boston called Bay Faction. Uh, I think people should check them out. Um, they've been to Canada a few times. 
they put out they just put out a, a new album their sounds kind of changed over the years uh since i first they were like kind of like a college indie rock band and now they're kind of like electro valium pop i don't even know what to call it now they're just really good um so yeah those are three bands i suggest people to check out um that i don't have any association with and i just think are amazing and then aside from that um out of the two that I, I probably already mentioned the two already it would be on the top of my head which would be open hand um uh, they're kind of they were really huge during that whole emo blow up like with bands like thursday taking back sunday emory like the, they're all those you know the, the counterparts and would tour with you know they're all their you know their counterparts of all those bands and would tour that same scene back in you know the late 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 90s early 2000s um and i think they got missed by a lot of people um trustful records was also kind of like a shit label a bit like they would sign some bands and then like not promote them properly, not pay them properly either. Um, uh, which sucks. Um, so, um, open hands of band people should check out if you haven't, they're not, uh, a lot of people may have, uh, heard them. They were on like that punk goes acoustic. A lot of people know this one song by open hand because of a punk goes acoustic, uh, record that came out. Um, what label did those? Do you, do you know those series I'm talking about? It was like punk yeah. goes pop, punk music. I think it was like Fearless Records or so, some some record label did this like series, but they're on they're on one of those, and everyone knows. Oh, I know Open Hand. They had that shitty acoustic song. I'm like no, 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 no. They're like good. So like I'd say them, and then um, I mean I'm gonna go with Weedus. Uh, uh, I know they're huge, but a lot of people don't like know a lot of stuff like kind of past Teenage Dirtbag and their last they've kind of like progressed over the years as like this insane like trippy prog rock like some of their stuff is like, very proggy like uh one of brandon's uh biggest influences is a canadian band called rush that some people have may or may not have heard of <laughs> so like you listen it, you know you listen to teenage dirtbag you're like oh yeah those high notes like that's very rushy like you kind of actually you know once you start listening to weedus you can actually start seeing the, the rush influences and then, uh, and then I would have to say Willow. I'm going to sign her and put her record out. So she, everyone should check her music out. Are you Hi, Willow. A song? What's your favorite song, Willow? Frozen. Her favorite song's Frozen. Mm, good and choice. Who, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite band or artist? Who's your favorite singer? Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she wins. <laughs> no, very good. I'm not that good. Uh, you know, just like I didn't pay her to say that either. That's sweet. <laughs> that was very sweet. Are you sure? I thought she was gonna say Tom Petty. Um, but yeah, and then the third artist I would say would be that new band I just signed, the Lexington Cure. Um, there's a bunch of bands over the years, like you know, a lot of people are familiar with um, that people know, and uh, some are, you know, it's a lot of the bands that I've worked with are broken up, or you know, or are not doing are not doing those projects anymore and doing other things like. One would be like Trevor James and the Perfect Gentleman is a band. We put a vinyl out. Uh, Trevor has a new project called Rum Fit Mosey. And now I think it's, um, oh, he's going to kill me, man. Small Rebellion, I want to say it is. But, oh, my God, if that's not the name, I feel bad. I'm sorry, Trev. Uh, but Tre Trev has a new project out uh, that's really good, Trevor James. And uh, I put out stuff uh, for him on my label before. And I, I think a lot of people have has have kind of slept on him before and his stuff is amazing um but i think that's with any indie label though like you go check out um you know check out you've changed records check out dine alone records check out uh royal mountain check out uh, everyone should go check out every record label and find like there's a reason these bands got signed and have records out like someone believed in them so there must be something good about it and there might be a redeeming quality in that band you like and if not just skip it but i think that uh, you know when i was a kid I used to go to record shops and I, you know, I'd see a logo on the back of a CD and be like, you know, like even, you know, they're like I, tooth and nail. Let's take them for example. Uh, I remember a couple of labels that came on tooth and nail. They had a cool logo. I saw a record uh, with a tooth and nail logo on it. I'd buy it over the years. I'd find out that half the shit they put out sucked. <laughs> like, you know, it, like, but that was my opinion. And I figured that out later. So that's what I suggest to people to do is if you find a, a band that you really like, look at that logo on the back of the record and then find out what else they put out. Yes, Willow? I'm kind of boring. Uh, it's kind of boring. Okay. Well, me and Matt are going to get off this chat here. 
and then me and you are going to have a party, okay? I don't see my party then. Yeah, we can do that. We'll have a party, okay? All, All right. right. Ben, where can people find you? Um, at Blacktop Records. Uh, if you just do, like, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm probably even on TikTok now. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll start doing some – maybe I'll start having Willow do some lip sync videos to some bands on our label. I don't know. I've been trying to kind of – kind of – Actually, it's sweet. Sharing an office, uh, Dalton, that's doing the clothing line, he's like 19. Uh, so he's kind of like, a, he's younger, uh, which is nice because I'm getting kind of a, a lot of like music that I would have never heard of before. Kind of, he'll be like, hey, check out this. I just found SoundCloud or like, you know, so it's kind of neat to have someone that's uh, with, with that much gap apart and having to, you know, like, there's, you know, we do have a lot of the same interest and influences, I would, I would say. Um, he's definitely like an old soul. And, like, you know, me and him can fucking just jam out to Black Sabbath, and it's amazing. But, like, he'll come and be like, check out, like, you know, this rapper. I'll be like, whoa, man, this is fire. Like, where did you find this? So it's like, so it's, you know, there's lots of ways to find music, and I, I think that's people, you know, need to be more open to, to doing that. So Absolutely. But, yeah, you can find us You can find us on all the, all those socials, blacktoprecords.ca, um, you know. I have a cell phone number that's online somewhere. People can text me, even if it comes down to it. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm down to talk about music and, uh, you know, do music stuff all day long. So, all right, Ben, step you, on little kids. You go be a dad. Yeah, I'm gonna go be a dad. I, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you, Willow, for being so patient. Um. Yeah, you're lucky I didn't have the boys here. Holy shit, man. If I had Leo and Max here, this, like, interview wouldn't have happened at all. It would have been insane. Um, my, my, oh, my God. We'll, we'll save that for another chat. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, Leo's, Leo is just turning two. No, wait, three, sorry. Oh, my God. I don't even know my own kids. Max just turned one. Leo's turning three. Uh, and he's they're just, like, insane. And they're, like, they're all into music, too, all three of them. Like, I had to have three kids so I could start, like, a three-piece band like Nirvana. So that was the goal. Um, and, like, even the, the boys, their mother's, like, in, like, a touring band and stuff like that that's signed to a label. So I feel like, you know, they'll grow up, you know, doing the same thing I do. Willow's already, like, super... You know, she's already sold merch for Lisa Loeb, and she set up shows for the Constantines. And she's actually played a she played an open mic show. It was so cute. We I did a the bar downstairs is like an open mic, and she's like, "Daddy, I have some songs I want to play." And she was like, just kind of doing like, you know, playing her guitar and like in the bedroom and like, you know, blabbling random stuff. And then like, you know, the the right before the open mic, she got on stage and just kind of like froze, and then like kind of like. And then they kind of got into it a little bit and everyone's cheering her on. And then all of a sudden she just stops and you can just hear her on the microphone. Daddy, I want to go home. And she's like, oh, <laughs> so I, I went up there and I'm like, uh, so I'm like, you want to go? And she's like, no. And I'm like, what? I, you just said you want to go home. And she's like, no, daddy. I said, I dropped the pick in the hole. And I'm like, no, you didn't. I had, I had it on video. I listened to it back a million times. Everyone in that whole bar heard you. You said you wanted to go home. But then all of a sudden, she's like, no, no. She had to be like a, a tough guy. And she's like, no, nah, I'm a rock and roller. I, I, I don't, I don't want to go home. I wasn't scared. Like So, like, yeah, she, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, being a dad is, I think, more rewarding than running a record label. Like, you know, I, I remember putting out, like, a 7-inch for, like, Lisa Loeb and, like, Steve Martin plays banjo on it like and i'm like this is the coolest thing ever like my life is can't get cooler than this and then i spend one day with this kid i'm like yeah my life can get cooler than hanging and then putting out a record for lisa loeb and steve martin like this kid like you know there's so many entertaining things like even right now okay we're gonna get on board now we're gonna we're, we're gonna do you want to watch paint dry What? you want to go watch paint dry Okay. Okay. Well, Matt, man, it was so cool chatting with you, dude. Yeah. You stay safe during this whole pandemic and stuff like that. I know it's weird times, but honestly, I think things are going to get back to normal. And like I said, that normal isn't like a cool normal. And I think they, I, I think, I think things are going to, things aren't going to get back to anyway. Things are just going to change. They're going to evolve, I think. And they're going to go, it's going to go forward. It's going to go better. Um, I think all of us are, especially in the music industry, a lot of people in the arts um, for the most part have been very, very open 
over the years for discussion and stuff like that and making change. And I think, you know, I, that's, that's probably why like the, the music industry is the last thing to reopen up is because uh, artists have the biggest voice out of anyone. Um, so like, I don't want you know, I don't think that's a, uh, the reason why I think it's just because a bunch of people with sweaty microphones in each other's faces probably isn't safe for health reasons, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, uh, it's, things are, things are going to evolve. I, they're going to be different in some way. I don't know how, but I have a feeling that if we all stick together, they're going to be better and they have to, things have to be better. Like the, the things weren't that great before. So there was a lot of holes in, in, in our, in our music community and art community and, and in our, in our society as a whole. So um, this has given us all a lot of time to maybe hopefully think and have conversations and, and fix that fucking shit quick. And so we can all get back to our regular programming, but with, you know, better programs. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, Ben. Well, dude, be out. safe. Yeah, you want to say bye bye, Willow? You going to say we're me and Dad are gonna go watch paint dry? Um, I said, go see my brother Finn. Oh, she wants to go see her brother Finn. Uh, okay, you go yeah. see your brother Finn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, All right you gotta say peace out. Are you gonna say peace out, Willow? Peace out. Peace right, out. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Thank that was a great chat with Ben. Thanks for Ben for joining me today. That was a great conversation. Lots to talk about. Lots, lots going on. Very, very strong thinker and a lot of opinions, which is awesome. I always love chatting with people who are really passionate about everything they do. All right, so we're gonna wrap things up here for episode thirty-three of a chat with Matt. Thanks again to Ben and Willa for uh, hanging out with me for a bit. So on uh, June fifteenth, on the Monday, I'll be coming back with Daryl Spring. Daryl Spring recently started a podcast called Daryl Talks to Bands. He's been involved in me for a lot of time, talking to a lot of cool people. So we're gonna chat with him about that, his new podcast and everything. And then on Wednesday, I'm very excited that I'm gonna have Alex Martel of Montevallo Rock Fest. We're going to talk about everything going on, the virtual rock fest, the festival industry, and everything like that. So uh, thank you guys for checking out the episode. Uh, leave it a heart, share it around, do all that cool stuff. Uh, I will say this. I'm going to say it every time. Uh, next Friday the 19th, I'm going to be uh, taking that day off because I, I got a personal thing that I, I'm going to do because I've been doing a lot of these episodes in a row, and you, you sometimes got to take a day off. So I'll be taking the 19th of June off, but I'll be having episodes the 15th and the 17th. All right, guys, I will see you on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard with Daryl. Take it easy.